You're listening to a sermon preached at Cross and Crown in Melbourne. We believe that God speaks through the Bible and He calls us to preach the Word and proclaim His Gospel. We pray that as you listen, you will be strengthened to know, love and live for Jesus. Father of unapproachable light, by your Spirit, open our eyes. We want to see Jesus. Amen. You know, C.S. Lewis famously writes, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. It's a wonderful insight, isn't it? God is the sun who sits at the centre of our solar system. He is the sun who upholds all planets, the sun who shines light on all things, the sun who gives life to all people. And when we live in light of the sun, when we live with God at the centre, I want you to know that we will see everything clearly. But you know what? So often it feels like we can't even see God. Sometimes it feels like we can see everything else, but we can't see God. It's ironic, isn't it? God is the sun by which I see everything, and yet I can't even see God. So many of us seem to know that feeling, don't we? That feeling that God is distant. That feeling that God is absent. I mean, we kind of know him in our heads, but we don't feel like we know him in our hearts. We know something about him, but we don't actually know him. If someone were to ask you, do you really know God? What would you say? Last week, we kicked off our series by asking the fundamental question, who is God? And we saw that God is the, well, the one God who exists as three persons in eternal selfless love. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit. He is the one God who doesn't need our love, and yet he loved us because he loved us. I mean, what a beautiful God. What a glorious God. You know, I hope that over this series, as we dive deep into the Trinity, that it might blow our minds, that it might give us a greater and a grander vision of the God we worship. But as we behold God's glory, as we look at his wonder and his greatness, we might ask ourselves, how can someone like me know a God like him? How can a person so small know a God so great. Can I know this God? How can I see this God? You see, friends, I want you to realise that if you want to know this God, if you want to see this God, you can. We all can. You see, we see our God by his Son and through his Spirit. If you think you know this God, I want you to know today that you can know him more deeply still. If you think you know about this God in your head, well, I want you to know this day, you can know him in your heart. 
And if you're not a Christian and you don't know this God at all, well, I want you to know today that you can come to know him for the very first time. Friends, here's our three points today. The invisible father, the visible son, and the revealing spirit. Let's look at point number one, the invisible father. You see, when it comes to knowing God, all of us, without exception, have two great problems. And here they are. The brightness of God's glory and the blindness of our hearts. The brightness of God's glory and the blindness of our hearts. You know, when I was in primary school, uh, one of my really good friends, he'd have this game that he'd like to play. He'd like to see how long he could stare directly into the sun. Now, he wasn't a very bright kid, as you can tell. For him, he saw it as a bit of a challenge. You know, how long can I stare into pure sunlight before it burns the cornea off my eyeball? It's like that experience of driving with the sun shining directly into your eyes. It's blindingly bright, isn't it, that it actually impairs our vision. The sun is so bright that we cannot see. It's pretty ironic, isn't it? I mean, we see everything in our world in light of the sun, and yet when we look directly at the sun, no, we're blinded by the purity of its light. Well, when it comes to knowing God, you and I have that very same problem. We cannot behold and we cannot see the brightness of God's glory. You see, for us to look directly at God's glory, no, it's like us looking directly at the sun. We are blinded by the purity of his light. In 1 Timothy, the Apostle Paul describes the Father as the King eternal, immortal, invisible. He is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal, and here it is, who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see. Do you see, friends, our God is so pure in his perfection that without his help, you and I, we cannot see him, we cannot approach him, and we cannot know him. Uh, When Moses asks to see God's glory, I want you to remember what God says. This is what God says to Moses. You cannot see my face, for humans cannot see me and live. So what does God do? He hides Moses in the crevice of a rock. He covers him with his hand. And he shows Moses not his face, but only his back. You see, if if Moses sees God in the brightness of his glory, well, it would be like us staring at the sun in the purity of its light. Moses would be blinded. And so would we. You see, friends, God is so pure in his perfection that without his help, we cannot approach him, we cannot see him, and we cannot know him. When it comes to knowing God, that's our first problem. We cannot see the brightness of his glory. But we have a second problem. You see, it's not just the brightness of God's glory, it's the blindness of our hearts. You and I, we simply don't have the eyes to see him. God could be standing right there in front of us, and yet, even then, we still wouldn't recognize him. It's ironic, isn't it? People often say, I'll believe in God if only he would show himself. And the message of the Bible is, no, we wouldn't. He could be standing right there and the problem still lies within. 
The problem is the blindness of our hearts. Uh, Romans chapter 1 tells us why. It's because we suppress the truth. We exchange the truth of God for a lie. You see, it's not just that we're blind to God. No, it's that we've blinded ourselves to God. It's not just that we can't see God. It's that we won't see God. I wonder if you've seen that classic movie, A Few Good Men. In that movie, I want to take you to the courtroom scene. Lieutenant Caffey is cross-examining Colonel Jessup over the murder of a young Marine. The lieutenant, played by Tom Cruise, he asked the colonel this question. Did you order the code red? Did you order the attack on that young Marine? I want the truth, says the lieutenant. And then the colonel says those immortal words. You can't handle the truth. Well, friends, that line perfectly describes our second problem. Why can't we see God? Because we can't handle the truth. So we suppress it. We ignore it. We sideline it. We blind ourselves to the truth of God. You know what? Sometimes it's so much easier not to know, isn't it? Ignorance is bliss. Because we know that, gosh, if I open God's word, if I see the brightness of God's glory, no, it will shine a light on my heart and expose the sin in my heart. So what do we do? We turn a blind eye to God, hoping that he turns a blind eye to us. You see, friends, we don't just have a head problem. We don't even just have an eye problem. No, we have a heart problem. We can't handle the truth, so what do we do? We blind our hearts to God. You know, it's so often that so many of us feel that God is distant. It feels sometimes that God is hiding himself from us. But I wonder, is God hiding himself from us? Or are we hiding ourselves from him? Let me ask. If you feel that God is distant, are there sins which separate you from him? Are there sins which blind you to him? Are there sins which you know that God will expose by the brightness of his glory? You see, maybe it's not God who is distant, but us. How can someone so small know a God so great? Well, here's our starting point. We can't. Because of the brightness of God's glory and the blindness of our hearts. No, the only way that we will ever see God is if he reveals his glory and if he opens the eyes of our hearts. If he fixes those two problems. And praise God, because he does. He sends the Son to reveal his glory. And he sends the Spirit to open our eyes. And there are final two points. He sends the Son to reveal his glory. He sends the Spirit to open our eyes. Point number two, the visible Son. If you've seen the Harry Potter series, you'll know that Harry owns something called a cloak of invisibility. And as long as he's wearing that cloak, he is totally invisible. No one can find him. 
The only way that anyone will see Harry is if he takes off that cloak and makes himself known. You know, from time to time, it's not uncommon for us to say things like, you know, I found God. Or we talk about how we discovered God in our lives. And no doubt, that's exactly what it feels like from our perspective, at least. But think about it. If the Father is invisible, there's no way we can find him. No, we don't find God. He finds us. We don't discover him. No, he reveals himself to us. The Father is so bright in his glory that all alone we will never see him and we will never find him. No, the only way that we can see the Father is if he makes himself known. The only way we'll see him is if he comes as one of us. And that's exactly what he does. The Father sends the Son to reveal his glory. I love what Philip says in John 14, which Marcus read for us earlier. Lord, show us the Father and that's enough for us. Gosh, don't you feel like that sometimes? When we doubt God, we think to ourselves, gosh, just show yourself. That's all I want. If only you showed yourself, then I wouldn't doubt anymore. Well, look at what Jesus says to Philip. And look at what Jesus says to us. The one who has seen me has seen the Father. You see, friends, if you want to be free of doubt, if you want to be full of confidence, Look to Jesus. And if you want to fight off doubt, if you want to grow in confidence, then keep looking to Jesus. You see, if you want to see the Father, look at the Son. If you want to see God, look at Jesus. How does God make himself known? He sends his Son to reveal his glory. You see, friends, knowing Jesus, it's the only way to ever know God. There is no other way. It's like what Tim read earlier when he called us and summoned us to worship God. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says, if you know me, you will also know my Father. What's the inference? Well, if you don't know me, You won't know my father. If you want to know what God is like, look to Jesus. You know, a few months ago, I want to tell you what one of my friends said to me. He was going through depression, severe depression and anxiety. This is what he said. He said, Adam, God just feels so distant. It feels like God's just an abstract idea or some impersonal being. God is so far up there that he couldn't possibly know how I feel. You know, about halfway through our conversation, as I was listening to my friend speak, it dawned on me that my friend only ever mentioned God, but he never mentioned the name of Jesus. So I asked him, I said, mate, can can you describe to me how you see God? What do you think God is like? And I want you to hear what he said. This is what he said to me. Adam, I see God as someone who is powerful and mighty, but distant and cold. I see him as someone who demands much, but offers little. Someone who's ready to judge me when I do anything wrong. 
and reject me when I let him down. I see God as someone who wants me to live a perfect life. And if I don't, he'll walk away from me. I just thought to myself, that's tragically sad. It's not just what he said that's sad. I'll tell you why it's so sad. It's because the God he believes in is nothing like Jesus. And I thought to myself, if only you'd read your Bible. If only you'd seen what Jesus is like. Because if you want to see the Father, look at the Son. If you want to see God, look at Jesus. If you want to know what God is like, well, look at what Jesus is like. I can't remember what I told him, but I'll tell you what I wish I told him. I wish I told him, brother, let me tell you what God is like when I look at Jesus. When I look at Jesus, this is what I see. When we were at our worst, God gave us his best. I see God as someone who welcomes the outcast, accepts the rejected, heals the brokenhearted. A God who remembers the forgotten, washes the unclean and forgives the sinner. I see a God who is caring, tender, patient, merciful, gracious, kind and loving. I see a God who loved us at the point of death. You see, when I see Jesus, I see God. Because the Son reveals the Father's glory. You see, friends, when we lose sight of Jesus, we lose sight of God. And when we lose sight of God, we end up creating a God of our own imagination. The next time you feel that God is distant, the next time you feel that God doesn't care, open your Bible and look to Jesus. Open your Bible and look at the sun. For there we see a God who came to us as one of us. We see a God who died for us in love. You know, for better or for worse, some of us look awfully like our parents, don't we? Some of us look awfully like our parents. Uh, Matt Lee, for example, looks exactly like his dad. Uh, in fact, uh, if you know what they both look like, when you see Matt, you'll immediately say, you must be Peter's son. Now, in one sense, Matt reveals his father, doesn't he? He makes his father known. And yet, however much Matt might look like his dad, the reality is, Matt isn't actually his dad, is he? You see, I know Matt. And through Matt, I can know something about his dad. But the truth is, I don't actually know his dad. All the way back in the second century, that's exactly what some people thought about Jesus. They said that, well, Jesus reveals a father like Matt might reveal his dad. He, he makes God known, but just like Matt isn't his dad Peter, well, Jesus isn't God. There was a man called Arius and he said that Jesus, Jesus is the greatest of all of God's creatures. He's like God, but he isn't actually God. Well, if that's the case, then you and I, we've got a massive problem, don't we? Because if Jesus doesn't tell us actually or show us God himself, well, it means you and I can never truly know God. 
We might be able to know something about God, like I know something about Matt's dad. But if we're going to know God truly, no, Jesus must be truly God. Unless the Son is truly God, then we will never truly know him. But right throughout the New Testament, we see time and time again that Jesus is nothing short of God himself. In John 1, the Word was with God and the Word was God. And in Hebrews 1, the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact, notice that, the exact expression of his nature. Or in the words of the Nicene Creed, we believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father. And here's the part, God from God. Light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. You see, if you want to look for God, then look to Jesus. And I want you to know that when you open your Bibles and when you read of Jesus in the pages of that book, I want you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you are seeing God himself. Let's face it, one of the great risks of preaching the Trinity is that we might just encourage a knowledge of God that's merely intellectual. It's a serious mistake to know God in our heads, but not to know him in our hearts. To know him intellectually, but not to know him personally. But isn't it fascinating to notice how God reveals himself? He comes as a person. He sends his son. He comes to us as a human. He comes to us as one of us. God the Son emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. Let me tell you why that's so significant. God comes as a person so we might know him personally. Knowing God, it's not just intellectual. No, it's fundamentally personal. God is not just there to be understood. No, he's there to be known. He's he's there to be loved. I want you to know that when we open our Bibles, it's not a dry, arid intellectual experience. No, we are coming face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ. When we meet Jesus in the Bible, it is a deeply personal experience. In John 14, Jesus says, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Friends, I want you to know that God doesn't want you to simply know him as an idea. No, he wants you to know him, to love him, to live with him as your Father. He wants you to know him as a son or daughter might know their dad. And he wants you to know Jesus as we might know our brother. You know, if Christianity stimulates our minds while our hearts remain cold, then we've totally missed the point. Because knowing God means loving God. Knowing God means loving God. The Trinity, it's not some doctrinal specimen to be analysed or examined. No, it's a God to be known and worshipped. 
I hope that this series in the Trinity doesn't just blow our minds. I hope that it warms our hearts. I hope that it doesn't just give us a bigger vision of God. I hope that it gives us a deeper love for God. Because knowing God means loving God. How can someone so small know a God so great? God sends his son to reveal his glory. Point number three, the revealing spirit. Well, that only deals with half our problem, doesn't it? Because the son reveals the father's glory, but let's face it, our hearts are still too blind to see him. You know, I've been on traveling with a few mates, not recently, but last year and the year before. And it was a really strange experience where the group split. There was 30 of us who were in Germany on a study tour. And the group of 30 split into two groups of 15. One group wanted to go to the pub. And the other group wanted to go to an art gallery. And then they asked me, Adam, where do you want to go? And I said, I'm going to go to the pub. And that really surprised me. For some reason, some people seem to think that I'm an art gallery sort of guy. I have no idea why. Now, the truth is, I can think of a few activities that are more boring than visiting an art gallery. I mean, I have so much respect for my friends who can look at a work of art and immediately, they just recognise the artist who painted it. So we're standing there, right? And someone looks at the painting. They marvel at its beauty. And then, I'm, I'm sure they're making it up, but then they say some super cultured statement like, oh, that's so Rembrandt or classic Andy Warhol. I'm just standing there thinking to myself, colourful. Why? Why is that? I mean, the, the artist has painted a masterpiece and everyone around me can see its beauty. Except for me. I mean, clearly the problem isn't with the artist. And the problem isn't with the artwork. And I guess the problem isn't even with everyone else. The problem seems to be with me, doesn't it? I'm just blind to its beauty. If you're not a Christian and you come to church from time to time, I wonder, is that what it feels like sometimes? You know, you sit there or right now you log in and you see people sing songs and hear from the Bible and everyone around you seems to be super engaged in what's going on. And you're there, you're kind of seeing what we're seeing, hearing what we're hearing. But you think to yourself, I don't get it. Like, what's the big deal? Well, friends, if we're going to know God, if we're going to see God, we don't just need him to reveal his glory. We don't just need him to paint on the canvas as such. No, we need him to open our eyes. We need him to open the eyes of our hearts. And that's what he does. He sends the third person of the Trinity. He sends his spirit. You see, friends, the Son reveals God's glory and the spirit opens our eyes. In John 16, Jesus says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will open the eyes of your hearts. He will enable you to see the glory of God in Jesus. He will heal the blindness of our hearts and help us see the sun. You will stand there looking at the masterpiece that God has painted and go, I get it. In John 15, Jesus says that the spirit of truth will testify about me. You see, just as the son reveals the father, 
the Spirit reveals the Son. Let me put it this way. The Father's saying to us, if you want to look at me, look at my Son. And the Spirit is saying to us, don't look at me, look at the Son. You see, the Spirit, he points away from himself and he points us towards Jesus. If you're not a Christian, if you get that sense of dissonance where you're just not quite sure what's going on and wondering, what don't I see that they see? Well, if you want to see what I see, if you want to have your eyes open to see the Lord, why not ask? Why not pray? Dear God, open the eyes of my heart. I want to see Jesus. The Spirit reveals the Son. You know, sometimes we Christians think that God speaks through the Word in one way and then He speaks through the Spirit in another way. We think that God says some things in the Word and He says other things in the Spirit. Some of us even go so far as to say that, well, some people are Word people and other people are Spirit people. Some churches are Word churches and other churches are Spirit churches. But it's a false dichotomy. The Spirit doesn't speak apart from God's Word. No, He speaks through God's Word. That's why in John 16, Jesus says that the Spirit will not speak on His own. But He will speak whatever He hears. He will glorify me because He will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. Friends, do you see what Jesus is saying? The Spirit doesn't speak on His own. The Son doesn't speak on His own. No, what the Father gives, the Son has, and the Spirit declares. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit, no, they all speak with one voice. They all speak the same words. They all speak the same gospel. And that means that you and I, well, we can have absolute confidence when we read the Bible. When I was in high school quite a while ago, one of my friends said that every day she would receive a direct word from the Spirit outside of God's written word. She would have private revelations, personal encounters, and individual messages from the Spirit. And then there was me. No private revelation, no personal encounter, No individual message. What did I have? Well, all I had was my Bible. To be honest, it was pretty depressing. It was pretty disheartening. I felt so distant from God. I I thought to myself, well, God seems to have such a close relationship with that friend of mine. Why doesn't he speak to me? But you know what? All I needed was my Bible. Because... God speaks by His Spirit through His Word. You see, by the Spirit, through the Word, God is near. The Spirit doesn't speak apart from God's Word. No, He speaks through it. He speaks through the Word to reveal the Son. And that means that every time we open our Bibles, I want you to know you are hearing the Spirit speak. We are seeing Jesus lifted high. If you want to hear the Holy Spirit speak to you, open your Bible and read it.
When we pray, open our eyes. We are asking the Holy Spirit, show us Jesus. How can someone so small know a God so great? God sends his Son to reveal his glory. He sends his Spirit to open our eyes. Friends, if you want to see the Father, look at the Son. And if you want to see the Son, pray to the Spirit. I get it. All of this, it might be good, but just a little bit dissatisfying. Because you might think to yourself, I just wish I could see God face to face. It it would make life so much easier, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be so much more intimate and loving to actually see the face of God? Well, friends, on this side of eternity, we walk by faith and not by sight. But in the world to come, we will see him face to face. We will know God just as he knows us. We will see God just as he sees us. For now, we see only a reflection as in a mirror. But then we will see face to face. Now, well, we only see in part. But then we will know fully, just as we are fully known by God. Gosh, isn't that beautiful? That the day is coming when we will see God face to face. And until that day, we see him now in the person of Jesus and by his Holy Spirit. Let me pray. Father of unapproachable light, by your Spirit, open our eyes. We want to see Jesus. Amen.